Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, thank you for joining us for the third episode of Nerd Your Enthusiasm podcast. I am Matt, and my good friend compatriot here is joining me, is Steven. Say hello. Tetris Game of the Year back-to-back 2018-2019. Let's go. Um, we will get into that, good sir, <laughs> because we have to talk about what happened at Nintendo Direct. Uh, when was that, by the way? I didn't get to watch it. Well, as we're recording this, this was earlier in the morning, uh, sometime in the before noon or afternoon. Okay. Well, uh, I, so I didn't watch it either. I was yeah, I know. busy, but I didn't even know it was happening. I'm a horrible, horrible person. Um, I knew. Well, that's not true. I did know it was happening. I just didn't know what day. And I don't keep up on that kind of shit because I'm. I was busy as well. Um, but yeah, so a couple things were announced at Nintendo Direct I did here. Uh, first of all, I would like to say I am super excited, and that's not a pun, that Super Mario Maker 2 is coming out, and I, I assume it's coming out for the Switch. Correct. Obviously. Exclusive for the Switch, releases sometime this June. Did they toss out any fun tidbits is it going to be like essentially mario maker but for the switch or is it going to be completely with a bunch of stuff? from from what i've seen again i haven't played the original because i forego the wii u generation i didn't pick up the wii u same here so uh i don't have much experience with super mario maker but from the talk online uh one of the big things that they added was adding slopes so you could like free terrain to create like you know slides so that mario could slide down and you know oh, kill Jesus. any enemies that climb up the hill uh uh among a, other like gradual improvements that i'm not that familiar with but it it's really exciting because this is the first direct i think where they just completely ignored the 3ds which is good news because that means that they're now full on focused on just development for the switch and if they pour their resources as a company on this one platform then it's just going to be immense for the uh, system itself yeah i mean i mean I've, that's the one game i've been waiting f- to come out um for the switch that i knew was on previous consoles i knew they were going to do a sequel to it that amongst other you know games i can't wait for metroid which was very sad that it's been forelaid for the time being um and but yeah i'm definitely excited for super mario maker 2 amongst that being one of the announcements today they also are doing a re it's not is it a re it's a i guess it's, it's a, a remake of it's a remake. Awakening. yeah it's a remake it's a different art style has like a little chobi art style to it i mean if you saw the trailer link has you know it's very cute um again link's awakening was is very pro- prolific among certain zelda fans the original came out in 93 for the game boy um it's one of those titles in the franchise that is considered to be beloved um it's going to be interesting to try it out uh once it does come out i don't think there was a release date so it was one of the top down link oh, yeah link, it's link a top down zelda games. yeah yeah it's like a top down uh zelda game like the kind original like the four swords kind of yeah similar yeah. to that okay i played that one 
or the, yeah. the finishing cap or something. Yeah, for certain. So that, that's going to be very interesting. Uh, one little detail about the trailer uh, is that the font that they use for the Legend of Zelda, it looks very similar to the Breath of the Wild font that they used uh, two years ago. Oh boy! So um, again, it's it's maybe just the new font for Zelda, and I might be looking too much into it. But who knows? Maybe there might be some new tidbits for the full blown console sequel to Breath of the Wild and Link's Awakening. Huh? That'd be interesting. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I mean, ever since I uh, I love Breath of the Wild, as I've said multiple times. So if, I mean, that I mean, you think they would do an open world? like another one for the remake or like they would remake it entirely, but like in an open world setting or no, it's not possible. No, no, this is Link's Awakening. They want to stay true to the original, but in terms of a Breath of the Wild sequel, they're definitely going to stick with that open world template. What if they, what if they just keep going with it? Like it's Breath of the Wild and then the next one's going to be like, like a direct sequel like they never do in Link in Zelda games. I would love to see that. But huh. at the same time, I don't think that would please many people. I'm very new to this Zelda game. I mean, I've I've played like Ocarina. I know shit, right? But obviously the only one I've ever beat was um Breath of the Wild. So I'm interested to see what they can do with the next one as well. Going on to the next game that was announced, which you kind of hinted toward. Uh, or just a couple of minutes ago, Tetris 99. Um, before you talk, Stephen, before you geek out, this game will not win game of the year. I guarantee it. Unless they drastically change it from, from here, from now until the end of the year. Well, we both played it. I mean, initially it's a free to play game. It's fairly bare bones for what, for what it is. It's a... It's Tetris as you know it, uh, except you're playing with 99 other players concurrently. So you have uh, two sides on the screen to the left and right, and you're just seeing a bunch of players also playing it. And then eventually the gameplay system is set up to where uh, when you rack up a high score or if you uh, execute a Tetris, which is clear four lines, then depending on what... uh, perk you have activated with the d-pads or i think the the right stick it, it actually is uh you could you know uh ko someone you could activate the badge which i'm not very privy on what oh. that entails uh the bottom one is to set up like uh like a counter to where you protect yourself and then the left one is random so where you target a random player uh it's okay. it, yeah that's the one aspect of it that wasn't like easy to understand at first but uh once i read more up on it i was like oh okay so in order to perform well and survive you know to become one of the final like top 25 or top 20 players you have to not only play well but you have to like really time and execute on what perks you want to activate once you uh, start racking up those uh, combos and score. Yeah, that makes more sense now that you mention it because I was like, what the fuck does this badge thing mean? I was like, what? <laughs> Man, I got the KO thing. I was like, what the fuck is this badge? Random? Does it mean I'm attacking a random player? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, not, it's not clear cut. Uh, I was like, what I, the fuck? I, I kind of wish they had like a small tutorial or like a 
like rule set in the menu to explain it more in, in depth but um or like a tutorial or some shit but no they're just like fuck you get ready <laughs> yeah i mean that's how it is with battle royale games so it, so it at least adheres to that yeah now you gotta explain this next one to me astral chain you know of it it's uh it's another game under development by platinum games it is a action game so far i don't think it's an it's a role-playing game but based on their pedigree i believe there there will be rpg elements to it it's basically a cyberpunk slash anime style um video game and the lead designer uh who is now the director of this game? Uh, he was the lead designer of Near Automata, Ooh. which is very, which piques my interest because based on the trailer that I see, it's very creative in its combat and the amount of abilities that you could uh, activate. Like in the trailer, like you kind of, kind of control you. You control one player. But from my understanding, when you start off, you get to choose between a male or a female uh, cop in this world. And then the other player would just come join you uh, as like a secondary character. So they're basically like twins. Um, and then from there, you could like, you know, the combat is very much like, you know, near Automata, Metal Gear, Revengeance, um, very fast paced. But okay. you could also like activate this projection that could like you know do crazy shit in the world and you could also like ride mounts like i think there's like a cybernetic tiger or some shit that i saw in the trailer i thought it was very outlandish cybernetic tigers i like that shit yeah it gets me interested in the game the the art design reminds me uh if xenoblade had a baby with crackdown um that's a weird compare that's a weird mix up i don't know yeah yeah (laughs) i gotta i I gotta see the trailer because the way you're describing i'm like this sounds like an acid trip um yeah it it definitely is it sounds very fun and uh uh the uh the camilla who is the director of, of bayonetta is also a supervisor in this game so uh considering that microsoft canceled his scale bound project uh a few years back uh mm-hmm. it's very interesting to see him sort of like you know help out with other projects within platinum games and give his input um so yeah i'm pretty hyped for that game uh looking forward to learn more hmm. and the uh, release date they gave out was august so we don't have to wait too long god damn all these are like crazy and tetris 99 being a shadow drop for today is insane i mean given it's i think it could get better with time um they've uh promised that there will be online events so it's not just this one simple game of where okay you just do well and see if you could you know rank up high in the in the top 100 count but the online events i hope they really add like modules and extra features to it over time I think as a Battle Royale platform that's exclusive to the Switch online service, I think it has a lot of potential. But again, that only comes about with, you know, how much effort they put into and the time that they commit. So mm-hmm. it's going to be Incredible. very interesting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, what else? was? Is there anything else that was noteworthy at today's Nintendo Direct? Um, they released a few demos uh, that you could... Uh, 
download for free on the eShop. The Yoshi's, uh, what's it called? The Woolly World, I believe. Woolly World. Yeah, that's that's uh, that looks interesting, although a bit too simple for my tastes. Uh, it's basically a standard to the platformer, right. but there's a lot of cool stuff in it that sort of ties to that theme of like you know handmade crafts, uh, building stuff. I thought it was really cool. Um, there was no Animal Crossing, which I was a little surprised about, considering that they emphasized that it would come out this year. And then no Pokemon, but I imagine they're saving that for E3. So, oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, seeing as PlayStation's not going to be there, they're going to they're going to blow it up. I mean, we'll get into uh, some movie shit later, but there's another mm-hmm. thing that's coming out this year that regarding Pokemon that I'm super excited for. Um, but yeah, we'll get back to that. All right, so that seems to be about it for Nintendo Direct. Uh, I love the red brand. Speaking of red brands, yes, that is my fucking segue. Deal with it. We're going to talk a little bit about what the hell's going on with Red Dead Online today. Um, Because they're going to release a few updates, and I'm kind of excited for some of the updates. What do they got for us, Steven? What are they coming out with? Well, the first confirmed update uh, is dated for February 26th, um, and it adds several quality of life improvements. One of which, well, two two of the features is trying to sort of like um, prevent uh, grieving as much as possible. One of them is player visibility. So uh, when you check on the map as you're playing, how it stands now, you could see everyone. They have a blip, you know where they are. Someone could be in New Austin, Blackwater, and you could be all the way in like Saint Denis, you know, very far away. Um, but with the upcoming change to player visibility, they are going to basically have the player bips uh, pop up only when you're nearby players within a 150 meter range. Nice. So this means that if you want to go and you know, fish or hunt out in the wilderness and not be bothered by people that are going to go out and just go on the rampage. Uh, if you're far enough away, they won't be able to see you, which is very nice. Um, as well as for the second feature that they touted is the bounty hunt, the bounty hunters and law balancing. I have to say, I'm super excited for this one. Even like, even as a good guy and a bad guy, I, I fucking want to be hunted by these bounty hunters. Do some crazy ass shit and go run and have be chased by bounty hunters. We're being chased by men in several different states. That kind of shit. I'm excited for this. Keep going, as you were saying. Um, so this system I'm kind of iffy on because I feel like they had a missed opportunity with this. Um, with the way that they're going to set this up, it's very similar to just how cops go after you in uh, GTA Online, right? And you know how much of a bitch they can be because they have like insane auto aim. They could like two shot you really quickly from insane angles. Yeah. The difficulty scaling on GTA Online for the NPCs was insane. Uh, to be frank. And for Reddit Online, we we kind of have an idea with the random encounters with like the um, O'Driscolls and the random enemy NPCs that try and like, you know, 
trap you as you're, you know, going about your, your day with your horse uh, and trying to ambush you. Um, and the AI isn't that bad in this game. So my hope is that the bounty hunters that do go after you are not exceptionally powerful to the extent to where you can't fight back. Yeah, we don't um, want any MacGuffin bounty hunters showing up like motherfucker just pulls out like a minigun. Get fucked! <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, but... um, But yeah, um, I'm... I'm sort of 50-50 on this. I think they are good improvements. They did mention that they were going to add more stuff to this first update, but that they will reveal more info, I think, next week. What if they what if they shadow drop the bank guys? That's not gonna happen <laughs> I don't uh, until exactly. maybe pff, earliest would probably be this fall. Twenty twenty. <laughs> With the way they operate, that's probably going to be the case. Um but just the general sense, uh, what is your opinion on Red Dead Online so far? Um, I mean, I if I want to have like kind of like a relaxing time or like I don't feel like playing something more like, you know, like Call of Duty Blackout or multiplayer, I like if I want to relax and have an OK time, I'll go to Red Dead. I won't go to it, by the way, by myself. <laughs> I, I prefer to play with you or if Peyton gets on, I'll play with him. But like, and I just like doing free mode stuff, which is actually a refreshment in comparison to what I would say Grand Theft Auto five has. I don't, I mean, yes, free mode's fine in Grand Theft Auto five, but I didn't enjoy it because it was just like a fucking massacre. Everybody's killing everybody. It's, gangbusters it's fucking nightmare um but in red dead it's like it's a little bit more tame a little bit there is sometimes where you'll just be like we saw this the other day you'll be riding down the road and then there happens to be another posse riding down the road with you and one of them accidentally aims at you or they purposefully aim at you and then everyone turns red and we're like okay great are they going to actually attack us and then they fucking gunned us down um just like stuff like that, you know, it'll happen from time to time. You'll get in like a skirmish, but long story short, I enjoy Red Dead Online, but not, it could be way better. I think, uh, I think they were semi smart to sort of call it a beta yeah, because if this was, was the good. official thing, then and this would be extremely terrible, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't know how much more they can add before they say, "Okay, this is the official launch version of Red Dead Online. They need to add so much more to entice that type of uh, calm and serene gameplay that you you like about Red Dead Online so far, because like the best aspects of of online are simply fishing, hunting, general exploration um grinding out money uh and just exploring these cities and buying and upgrading your guns and outfits that's all fine and dandy but when we talk about free roam and we talk about what you can do and the wide swath of activities that is included in in free roam it's pretty uh hard to put it 
pretty boring. Stagnant. Yeah, it, pretty yeah, boring. Yeah, it's it, it's stagnant. It's it's like you have the contact missions with characters that sometimes may or may not work because the cutscene will glitch out or it won't activate for some weird reason. Um, and so that just desensitizes you to keep playing those contact missions. And with the recent uh, economy update, um, they kind of emphasized, hey, anything you do in Red Dead Online will be worth it. But so far, the only... The, there's only two worthwhile paths to really increase your rank fast and get more money, and that's uh, doing adversarial modes, your typical PvP standard deathmatch, uh, capture the capture the hold or whatever it's called. Um, yeah, something like that. And then the new gun rush mode, which is their what an abysmal mode. <laughs> yeah, it's it's their take on battle royale, but it is com- it 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 does it's not battle royale. I, I just feel like I feel like the only way that thing works. And this might just it's just a personal preference for me. They need to put everyone in first person mode. I would enjoy it that way a little bit more, maybe. Well, yeah, not only that, but also get rid of auto aim. Um, or at yeah. least have lobbies with auto aim turned off like they do in GTA Online. But if people don't have like that third person mode, I think people would bitch a lot less about the auto aim because they can aim down the sights, they can do a bunch of other shit. And I can hear a lot of bitching and complaining from people who don't want to use who are really rather a lot of bitching and complaining from people who like auto aim. If I would hear less of that if they put it in first person mode because that way it's kind of you're aiming your own at your own pace and everyone's a first person. But that's just me. Um when it comes to Yeah, you know, it's just like they need to fix that. I just think in, in general, like um I kinda like your idea where first person mode, but in general, auto aim to me just gets rid of that tension between gunfights. It's very simple uh, how quickly you can garner kills. I mean, obviously, this is a a video game. This isn't supposed to be 100% realistic. Uh, But in terms of combat, I kind of wish they dialed it down with auto and made it more, you know, make it to where you have to really try to earn your kills in, 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 in this game. Because then that would incentivize, you know, people like, you know, taking more cover, you know, sort of like being like, okay, well, I got to breathe in and, you know, try and time my shots right. Engagements would be slower as balls, but I think it would be for the benefit of the game as it stands now. Considering that everything else is so tonally different than GTA Online in terms of, of in terms of like the intensity of what's going on in that world, I think auto aim is just the one blemish right now that I wish they had a solution for. Well, that and in regular like modes you can play, they need to add card games, dude. They need to add <sighs> blackjack. They need to add poker, mainly poker over blackjack for you. I know, but if they added those two things, I think it would be more fun just as like a you know obviously it's not like you know increasing like oh my god we can you know get xp this way that would be good you can get maybe you can get money in-game money that way just be fun yeah that's that's the whole uh 
that's the whole point of why they have two separate currencies. You have your in-game money and you have the cars, which can only purchase uh, certain cosmetic items with that currency. So you would not be, you know, gambling real life money if you were to right. play poker. Yeah. Which is right. very smart. Um, but yeah, just right now, Red Dead Online is just very um, bland at the moment. Um, there's just not much to do. Uh, you have like your two players. One player is playing adversarial mode and they like it somehow. I I, I don't like adversarial mode. It's, uh, it's pretty standard deathmatch, auto-aim, and it's just not fun. And then you have your free roam player who is trying to extract as much enjoyment as they can uh better with friends obviously if you're in a posse and then you have like these uh groups that just band together and they they create like these fight clubs where you just fight people with your fists fucking beautiful yeah i mean that's great i i like it when the game can can encourage that that type of uh dynamic event that's not based on end game rules um but yeah i mean that's the extent to where reddit online is at right now and I don't know. I was really hoping this would be like the like my main multiplayer game, to be honest. Like to like the one that really grips me and I'm like, yes, I'm gonna commit to this, but so far it's been extremely underwhelming. But yeah. I'm not gonna count Rockstar out just yet. I'm gonna give it more time. There are a couple more updates that are coming with on February twenty sixth, aren't there? Yes. I believe they were gonna add something with um daily challenges. Yeah, so daily you, challenges. Have, you have more of a reason to log in to earn gold nuggets and XP. Uh, they range from stuff like uh, uh, collecting herbs, selling items at a fence, hunting and skinning animals, clearing hideouts, and much more. Uh, these daily challenges will continue to expand and evolve over time, bringing specialty challenges and rewards, streak bonuses, and more. Uh, in addition to those daily challenges, they are finally going to nerf the varmint rifle, which has been there. It goes the go-to PvP weapon in both free roam and the adversarial modes. Which finally they're nerfing it because that gun is insane. It's a gun that can be acquired very early on. Gun that just requires one bullet to the head for the most part. Um, to and it's very, very easy to aim, uh, especially with the aim assist, the auto aim. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, that's all you really need to carry for protection in the in the West. But now, I mean, you and I fucking had a time the other day. We were taking out this guy level ninety nine or some shit, and my god, the guy was on top of a horse, had a bunch of perks on him, and he was wrecking us. We couldn't, we couldn't touch him. I think the only way I got him was with a shotgun around the corner. No, it's crazy. And, and he was using a uh, Lancaster Peeler, which is a great, versatile gun. But in terms of the range of that gun in comparison to what I was using, a bolt action rifle, it was pretty insane how far he could, you know, hit me with just one shot. And I, and I couldn't really touch him because his reaction yeah. speed was just way quicker. I mean, um, in single player, the Lancaster is the shit. That's the number one gun you want to use in single player. So I guess maybe that might be the new normal, which is kind of sad because I don't think you unlock that until later ranks. Yeah, it's somewhere like in the 30s you have to be. Oh, shit. Never mind. Dirt. I'm close. Yeah. <laughs> You're close. All right. Well, uh, and then they're also adding, I think, um, a way for 
posses to interact with each other and like parlay and stuff like that. But that's just a very minute change. Um, and you can also have posse on posse wars, like, like death matches. I think that's another thing I saw that they're adding. Yeah. At this point, like my long-term sort of outlook for this game is I wish they really double down on just of what made single player great. So like, you know, the very minor boring stuff that people would not find exciting, like, you know, maybe they could have farming, they could, uh, you could buy properties, you could, uh, maybe they add like, you know, roles, like maybe you could become like the town sheriff. Um, basically, just become Stardew Valley in some regard where you're just farming and grinding. <laughs> and that's, and you know what? I would be so down with that because at least that, that, that gives me a reason to log in every day and be like, okay, you know what? This will be my pseudo MMO for like the next few years. And I will be completely fine with that. Yeah, man. I mean, I think, I think that what they should do, like just adding on to what you, you said, um, take the posse leader or whoever's the leader, like the main king of the posse, whoever created the posse and everyone joined it, take that, allow that person to then get funds from everyone in the posse, then go purchase a farm or a hideout. You can pick whichever uh-huh. you want to go. And then it'll be like either a red black hat or a white hat. So if you pick a farm, you can do like, you could, I mean, you could still steal horses from people, but like if you're doing black hat in a hideout, you can also like have more illicit, like gun running or maybe like, I don't know, name it, anything bad, like bank, bank robbery planning or something. And you could create, or maybe even just at the farm as well. <laughs> Just create something where people can go back to, like have a hideout where people can chill. And then if people want to go attack that place, then they're going to have to deal with a bunch of people. Yeah, for certain. A um, really good immersive thing for the game to have. Yeah, they, they just need to pump these updates a bit more. Uh, they don't want to lose players at the same time. Red Dead Online had more players at launch than GTA Online did. So they're not doing terribly at all. If anything, they're doing very well. I just hope that the frequency of updates can keep up with how they're still supporting GTA Online, at least to to that same extent. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. All right. So now we've talked about RDO. Let's talk about APL. And what I mean by that is Apex Legends. Um, this game... We played a little bit today. Um, so, what, uh, and what you have here is you, there's a possibility of this thing uh, taking out um, the other, well, not really taking out, but becoming the new normal uh, for Battle Royale. I personally don't think it's going to do that well, but I could be wrong. What do you think? Um, Apex Legends, developed by Respawn Studios, the guys behind Titanfall, Titanfall 2, also the original developers of Call of Duty since the inception. Um, I think this game will be in the top three Battle Royale games. Um, I think that this is my take. There's like, you have Fortnite, you have uh, Call of Duty, Black Ops 4, Blackout, you have Apex Legends, you have PUBG, and you have maybe something else like Realm Royale or 
maybe there's another battle royale that I'm I'm missing. But anyways, my point is that you're going to have um, a subset of audiences that prefer one uh, battle royale over the other based on their own preferences. Apex caters to the people that may might have liked Overwatch, and it caters to the people that have liked uh, Titanfall with its slick shooting and its uh, fast uh, response rate when it comes to like the controls and the movement. Um, I think Apex Legends will be a top three battle royale game for like the next few years. I don't think it could take out Fortnite for the number one slot because Fortnite, again, it's it's the new norm. It is a cultural juggernaut, and a bunch of kids play that game. That is yeah. like the that is Epic's target audience uh, in my mind. It's just a bunch of you know kids growing up. Back when we were, you know, in our teens, Halo yeah, 3 Halo was our 3. jam. Yeah. This is their Halo 3. Like, this is Fortnite. This is this is Which what... is disgusting to even compare the two, but yes. Yeah. It, yeah, just in, just in terms of, like, a generational change, yeah. Like, Fortnite is the go-to battle royale at the moment. What's very interesting about Apex Legends, though, to me, is that... Based on the shadow drop of it just releasing, it was rumored like a few days prior to its release, so we kind of knew it was coming. But for it to release as a free-to-play, and let's be a bit honest, it looks a bit generic in terms Very of generic. like the title. Like Everything about it just screams, oh, it's a generic free-to-play cash grab. But when I played it today, I was like, okay, this has a lot of potential. It, it kind of fills this gap of Battle Royale that kind of hasn't been filled and that's sort of like that class archetype pick a character before the the match begins and then you you swoop in and you learn how to play this character uh based on the characters that they have currently you have like your more offensive characters like uh, wraith uh you have like your more medic characters where you could deploy like a, a shield or like a health beacon to heal your teammates and then you have like the sentry robot that could uh, place like a like a wire that goes all the way across the map, and you could like ride the wire and you know just you know traverse the map a lot more quickly. So um, it's unique enough to where to where it can carve out a, a large audience, and so far it is. It, it currently has over twenty five million players after just one week. <laughs> And over 2 million concurrent players playing at the same time. So at Fortnite's peak, uh, I believe it was in the Marshmallow concert, the live concert uh, that you could participate in. Um, I think it went uh, 10 million players were playing at the same time. So Apex Legends still has a long way to go to to dethrone Fortnite in in my eyes. I don't think it will. No, I don't think so too, but I think it still has that possibility. I really it depends if 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 it'll have the legs to persist like the Twitch viewership. Right now it's the hot thing, right? Uh mm-hmm. it's had uh top streamers like Shroud, Ninja just playing it, right? So obviously it's it's currently in the mindset of of the audience. But Will it have legs? That's going to depend on how good Respawn is with uh, content updates, releasing new characters, the 
uh, Battle Pass. I think they're going to release a Battle Pass soon. The first yeah, season, that, they call that would it. be really smart because that thing needs challenges or something. Secondarily, yeah. I will mention that at first glance, it looks like a blur of information. I don't know why. I, when I was diving in, I was like, oh, there's a lot of shit. There's a lot of shit you can get and a lot of shit to do. And it's kind of confusing what pickups you want to get when you first drop because it's like, what does this do? You got to figure it out. Kind of opposite to that in Black Ops uh, Blackout, I think it's very obvious. But maybe that's just me because, I mean, maybe well, like some of the heal items. To, be, but, to play Devil's Advocate, I feel like that's just the general... Uh, sentiment with battle royale games playing fortnite is different than blackout and it's different than apex legends you play it for like a week and you will immediately be like okay quick you know pick up you 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 know what you pick up playing apex legends for a few rounds and making that that sort of remark about oh well it's a bit weird right now i mean obviously they both use similar systems for inventory but the items that you pick up are so vastly different for each game. And I think it's just a matter of just playing it for long enough to learn it. And and I think that's 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 the thing with Apex. We just played it for like a few matches uh True. today. And it, it's just uh it's just a a uh, a curve of learning. Just you know, just get used to it. Um but I think with Apex Legends the the one thing I kinda don't like about it um it's just like these are from the guys that made titanfall where mobility was king where you could like you know slide across a building and sort of like shoot at the same time and this feels way more constrained in that regard like the closest thing you could do is basically like hop on a wall and then like go like several meters up and then jump and then grab on the ledge and that's like the only mobility that that you really have i like the fact that you could like uh slide down a hill and you go faster based on like the velocity and the momentum like goddamn slip and slide i think yeah. I could slide. it's ridiculous how far you can slide but i like yeah it. yeah it's, it's really good um and i like how you could holster your weapon and you could run quicker as a result uh it it is definitely a game that requires uh a lot more time to be put into it before it clicks with you i i i think that's that's the thing with it but there are certain uh things about it that i feel are not innovative enough um but who knows uh it's it's pretty decent so far in, in my mind i just don't think it's going to be the game that's going to make me want to commit to it yeah i mean yeah i think maybe we should i should give it a little bit more time because my initial reaction was just like fuck this i don't like it but that's because obviously i haven't gotten done you got used to it gotten to play it too much i i also didn't have it fully downloaded at the time so maybe the graphical changes were maybe something that was annoying to me i don't know could be multiple things but i think i gotta give it some more time some more thought before i I shoot it down for game of the year because it's not going to win game of the year. I guarantee you. <laughs> but um, that's me saying that now. We'll come back in a year and be like, God damn, what the fuck was I saying? This game's amazing. All yeah. right. Is there anything else you would like to talk about with Apex Legends on the docket? Um, I wonder, I'm really intrigued to see where it is three months from now. I want to see if it's still like 
the number one viewed game on Twitch. That's going to be very interesting to see. Yeah. Because if it is, then Electronic Arts fucking hit the lottery. And they desperately need a win based on their current output at the moment. That's for sure. I mean, if they don't get this, I don't know what's going to happen. If any like studio deserves this, it's Respawn. Um, I don't like Titanfall multiplayer. It's not my kind of thing per se, but um, but yeah, this is a a good win for them for now. Yeah. Well, all right. Let us move on to the next uh, the next um, uh, a segment, as I like to call it. It's time to kill your babies. <laughs> my god yeah i i decided to add a little sound note there i like it um uh, so forget about that, it that's all not right. a toy matt be be careful all right it wasn't an actual gun don't worry it was a sound bite i swear it wasn't an actual gun though no um but i don't want to get raided anna says listening to everything we do uh <laughs> all right so we i mean we're calling something kill your babies we should probably come up with a different name so let us begin round three kill your babies what do we have this week good sir for those who don't know or who are just listening for the first time kill your babies is a segment where we pit one game franchise against another and we decide who gets to live on and who deserves a grave and the babies are the games that we used to love when we were growing up as children and kill your children just that sounds really dark doesn't it <laughs> depends uh, on who you ask all yeah, right depends on you ask. the first group of the night we have sonic versus the binding of isaac Ooh, okay. One of the most beloved platformers of Sega Generations and a fucking amazing roguelike game. Yeah. Sonic has a lot of blemishes. Very much so. A whole Sonic bunch has a of blemishes. Epic fuck ton of blemishes. Um I like the Sonic Adventure 2 battle growing up, which is the GameCube port for <laughs> Sonic Adventure. Um I think the two battle part was like you could fight each other, fight your friends on different modes. Um, but yeah, I really, really like that game. At the same time, I think my choice is already going to be Binding of Isaac because I've spent fucking an immense amount of time. I mean, I bought it on three different platforms. I bought it twice on Steam because I came out with a new version of it. Uh, I think it was Afterbirth. Um, and that got even better. It's just such a great game overall. I love Binding of Isaac, so that is my pick. Good sir, what do you think? Hmm. I'm gonna draw the ire of some Sonic fans because I haven't really played any of the good ones per se. But back Never when I had the, the GameCube, uh, yeah, I, I, I've played them every once in a while, but I never sat down and just like bull throws, you know, bulldoze through it and finished it. Um, mm-hmm. But the one game that I did finish and that I kind of admire, even though I know that it doesn't have, it's, it's not, it's, it, it's, it's like an average to decent Sonic game. 
at Sonic Heroes for the GameCube. What where you control like the, the, game. the three characters. Sonic, uh, Tails, and Knuckles. And then you could alternate between them. And, you know, it's it had, it had its problems. But back then, it had this charm to it that, to, up to this day, I, I still think I really enjoyed. Um, I had about the same charm as pig shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't talk. Don't talk bad about the Blue Hedgehog. That's not that's not nice. I mean, he's getting his own movie. Apparently, someone saw some good stuff about him. Uh, <laughs> let's not go there, okay? I'd love to be hated. <laughs> Binding of Isaac, I've only played very briefly. Um, as you mentioned, it's a roguelite. Um, everything about it should have clicked for me, but for some reason, I just... the. It didn't really entice me. I do kind of want to go back and play and, you know, give it like a second look. Uh, but again, I, I I really don't have a dog in this fight. Um, Join me, Stephen, and we could rule the roguelites together. Well, considering Binding of, binding of Isaac's competition, I don't think it's going to go that far, so... Oh, fuck you. I mean, there is, there is a pretty <laughs> stiff competition. Yeah. This, all right, this, fine. I'll, I'll give you the Binding of Isaac. It will live yes. on another day. Good. Sorry, Fantastic. Sonic, but you are fucking Sorry, weird. Sonic. <laughs> what? I mean, Sonic, there was this fucking Sonic, was it snowboarding game or fucking, I don't know what it was. The Olympics? No, not that no. one. It was the racing game. Oh, Sonic Team Racing. No. No? Something else? Sonic Boom. No, that was the new one. No. I don't remember the, what it was called. God damn, there's so many. There was one where you where you had like a board you can it was for the Wii, I think, or some shit. It was horrendous. I don't even, I will look it up later. But yeah. Next to the chopping block. We have Hitman Ooh. versus StarCraft. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you, Stephen. I've never played StarCraft. I I know it's a good RTS. I've seen, I've seen uh, someone play it. Uh, I'm not talking about Twitch. I'm talking about a while back. Yeah, yeah I've seen yeah. it being played. It's, it's I used basically, to watch it get played. Uh, yeah, it's a very competitive uh, RTS um, in the same vein of like Command and Conquer, but it's more. It's basically. In many ways, I think StarCraft kind of inspired the mobile genre a bit. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. So, uh, just like a multi tiered MOBA, really. That's all MOBAs are. It's multi tiered yeah. RTS. Yeah. Um, Hitman is extremely good. Uh, it has you got some blood money. Blemishes. You got yeah, you have blood you got money. Hitman 2 coming out. You got the other. What, uh, what was the one that came out for the 360? Absolution. Absolution. Sorry, I actually didn't like remember. Absolution. I, didn't I actually play didn't like it. Oh, you didn't play it? The only one I've ever played has been I played Blood Bunny on the PC, which did not work out very well. Basically, um, yeah, I love uh, the original Hitman or the new Hitman. Yeah, the the sort of like not a remake. It's, I don't think it's a remake, but it's a re. It's a back to basics. It's a back to basics to to basically the the whole concepts and gameplay systems of Hitman Blood Money. 
which was the the right change to make because absolution was more of a third person shooter cover based uh game and even though it had its outlandish especially with like the whole nuns coming to kill you um it just wasn't that good um but yeah i would have to give this one to hitman because again i don't want to you know i haven't played starcraft i know it it's very important in the larger scope game industry probably more so than hitman but as a franchise as a game that has brought me a lot of fun over the years hitman is my go-to for this one I think I'm also going to go with it, man. Um, mainly because I think like both of these are like strategy games. If you think about it for sure. Uh, and hit, I, I, I just haven't had enough time to play with Starcraft. I mean, if anything else went against Starcraft, maybe it'd make it, but I got to go with it, man. Cause I just like playing as a goddamn badass with a silence pistol. <laughs> All right. This next one you are not gonna probably I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like. Not that you're not gonna like, but you're going to be you know, sort of like, oh, what games are these? I don't know any of these games, so you'll probably have to just concede this vote to me. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Guilty Gear versus Okami. I know about Okami. Yep. And Wolf Artistic Gear. Game. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a Zelda-like game where you you know, explore a three D world in the same vein as Ocarina of Time. Um, you unlock powers over time. You fight bosses, enemies. You loot stuff. It's a standard uh, action role playing game in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Guilty Gear is a revered fighting series where. Uh, you basically, it's a 2D fighting game in the same vein as Marvel versus Capcom. Um, it has its audience. It, it, it definitely has its fans. Um, but yeah, um, I recently started playing Okami a few months ago. I started it. I played for like three to four hours. The intro is fairly long. I don't even think I'm done with the intro. Um, but it's definitely a unique game, and it's one that I am committed to completing uh, soonish. Um, the art style is exceptionally uh, good. Um, I'm not a big fan of the dialogue in the vein of like when they talk. So when you're talking to like the NPCs or to certain characters, mm-hmm. you'll see the, the the dialogue box pop up. But then you have like this sound effect of where they're like talking, but they're not really saying the words. It's it's, it's like you know like a, but it's very high pitched sometimes. Okay, so kind so, of like so it's, um, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but but it's like somewhat high pitched or like very weird uh, vocal tone, and that kind of put me off a little bit. But besides that, I am really enjoying it so far. So I'm gonna give my vote to Okami. Yeah, I think I was going to go with that one anyway because I don't know anything about Guilty Gear, but I know Okami, just to give Okami the go-ahead. Yeah. All right. On the chopping block. This next one is a doozy. (laughs) Uh, Dead Space versus 
Dark Souls slash Bloodborne. Oh, God, Steven, why did you do this to Dead Space? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I didn't do it, okay? I put all these games in the randomizer, tournament bracket, and it just came out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's very poor for Dead Space. Um, <laughs> I'm instantly going to give this to uh, uh, Dark Souls Bloodborne. Those games are fucking the the shit when it came, comes to... I mean, so many games have been compared to them. Yeah. Um, Hellblade, one of my favorites being compared to it, uh, but not in the same way. And then we also have... Um, what was another game that came out recently? I'm trying to remember what it was that was compared to like Bloodborne and Dark Souls. Oh, I'm trying to. I can't. There was a game that came Dead out Souls. recently. Dead, Dead Souls. Souls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was trying to think. I was like, it wasn't like that, but yeah, obviously, Dead Souls, Dark Souls. Duh. Yeah, just like 10. when you think very challenging combat uh, and a difficulty curve that's pretty extreme for most players. You think of Dark Souls. Um, yeah. I mean, without exception, Dark Souls, I think, is the most... Um, it's the most influential game of probably last gen and this gen, in a way, with the exception of uh, with Battle Royale, obviously. But yeah. when we're talking about, like, Games being compared to it, subgenres coming from the grave, like roguelites and stuff like that. They're like, oh, hey, you know, let's make him challenging. That's that's what makes that loop fun. And, you know, it's it's just it's 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 with no peer, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I not to say that I have played Dead Space. Uh, I didn't play the first one, but I played the second one. That game fucking terrifies me. That is a goddamn good horror game. Um, but at the same time, um, I think the, uh, the third game was a disappointment from it? what I, I didn't get. Yeah. It had the microtransactions, I believe it, it wasn't as scary. There were certain changes made to the combat that just was not up to par. I think it was because it was, it went outside. You, you could go outside like for some of the, a lot of the missions and the whole fucking thing is about being trapped in space with some fucking monsters. That's what makes the alien isolation game fucking terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Got to be isolated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, sorry, it's dead space. We love you, but goodbye. <laughs> All right. This next one is going to be interesting. We have Dynasty Warriors versus Destiny. What? Yeah, I just. What? How do you what compare the, the two? Okay, first first just, of all, you just. I don't know what Dynasty Warriors is. You don't know? No, I've never played. Never heard of the it. The long-running series where it's mainly a hack and slash game. You just roam around the world, and there's a bunch of enemies going after you. Didn't they make yeah. one with with Zelda? Uh, like Link, like kind of like a game. Wasn't it called uh, Hyrule Heroes or something like that? Yeah, Hyrule Heroes. Yes, it's it it's in the same vein of that, but it's okay. more hectic. Yeah, it's like it's it's. Uh. It, I won't call it mindless combat, but it's not. Um, it's fair to say that it's, uh, it's GPA it, isn't a three point oh. Yeah, it's. <laughs> Um, okay. 
Um, just from my personal experience. Oh man, then we got Destiny. <laughs> oh, how do you compare a hack and slash game to a first-person shooter space? You can't. You can't. So you take what you get. I know nothing of Dynasty Warriors. Okay. So my I played vote it has briefly. to go. My um, vote has to go to Destiny. Yeah, in terms of quality, Destiny takes it. But not saying it's, we like Destiny too. It's, but Destiny it's, one it's did really a very tepid endorsement right now because with the current state of like you know where we're at with Destiny uh, and Bungie. Yeah, it's a it's a whole whirlwind of what the fuck's gonna happen next. <laughs> yeah. That's how it was after the at Destiny One, and now it's like that after <laughs> Destiny Two because Destiny One ended actually on a good note, and I mean that went all the DLC coming out. Destiny Two is kind of <laughs> taking that and vomiting in your hand and throwing it in the sky and seeing where it lands. <laughs> I think I I I think right now Destiny in a decent spot um it's definitely almost reached taking king levels with forsaken expansion and like i just don't understand why they still have this annual pass that you have to purchase separately and that's basically like your dlc like right. for like the next year or so which is fucking insane making it like a 120 dollar game yeah it's it's dumb. that that dlc should be honestly I don't know. It's weird. It Destiny feels outdated in comparison to like what we have now with like the battle passes for battle royale games mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But we'll see. All right, Destiny wins. Uh, the next group is oh god, Dishonored versus Pac Man. <laughs> <laughs> Dishonored versus Pac-Man. Dishonored versus Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. A murderous assassin game versus a fucking yellow crack infesting monster that eats ghosts. Uh what? I, I love it when when you get a classic game that goes up against a really great like series. That's that's fairly recent. Modern. That's fairly recent. It's just like, oh god, old grandpa's getting up with his cane to whoop your fucking candy ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, because like, uh, I love I love Pac Man DX. That shit. Oh my god. Oh yeah, it's the three sixty version. Talk about music that makes you come in your pants excuse me um and i know you love tetris effect but patch yeah the pac-man dx is the shit um, yeah but like tetris effect is like 10 times better we're not going to talk about those aren't on the chopping block currently <laughs> it will be pretty soon actually oh, jesus tetris is getting it foreshadowing mm-hmm. um okay so dishonored uh you have two great entries the second one has the, I don't know how to put it. I still haven't beaten it. Oh, okay. You haven't beaten it. Okay. So you don't know what the ending is. Second no, one. Not particularly. Okay. Um, and I even have the next DLC. I need to beat that game, but I just need to find time to fuck off and go do it. Yeah. It's, 
I'm personally going to give my vote because I don't want to see it die sooner. I, 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 hmm. Well, keep keep saying what you're going to say. I just don't give a crap about Pac-Man. <laughs> Maybe they need to make a game Pac-Man. called, you know, the Pack Effect. No, the Pack Effect. <laughs> the Pack Effect. Super Directed pack. by Mitsuguchi. <laughs> make me cry. Why? Why won't it? And make like in my top games of all time. Super Pack Effect. With, yeah, super uh, pack with, effect. with Donald Trump as the uh, the narrator. <laughs> the yellow man grabbed the white stuff and shoved it into his mouth. Kind of like me, but I'm orange. Sorry to get political on this podcast, but I, you know you'd play that game. <laughs> no holds barred, I say. But okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to give it to Dishonored. I think it's it's one of the games that deserves success. Than it has gotten. I think Absolutely. that's my pitch. That's I love, love Pac Man. Pac Man DX. I haven't played the fucking 3D Pac Man game, which was fucking abysmal. Pac Man, we know you're classic. We know you're good. But you come on. You got to play it against someone different if you're going to play the game. This is All the right. game of games. Yep, the game of this games. Is a, this is the throne of games. <laughs> God. That's what we should have named this segment. Uh, maybe we'll we'll squeeze in some Game of Thrones discussion later. Um, next group is Sly Cooper versus Team Fortress. I give it to Sly Cooper immediately. Whoa! Uh, that is one of my that. favorite childhood games. I love that Whoa, fucking game. Oh, I did not expect that. And wow. I have played Team Fortress. It's a good team shooter with classes and all that shit. Great. That's fine. Uh, Sly Cooper is one it's like i don't know how to compare it to anything else uh it was one of well, sucker punch is one of their best uh i i guess you could call it a platformer yeah it's, it's a, platformer. Kind of a platformer it's similar it's to jack also, and daxter uh, but it's 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 different enough to where it's like okay it feels like a subgenre. but there's also like these missions where it's like you you'll be doing shit that especially in the third the third game is they're Magnum Opus. The second game was kind of eh, um, but the and the first and the third game by far are some of the best. Like kind of like thief kind of shit you could do because the ninety percent of the time, um, in the first one you're you're pickpocketing people and it's kind of like a very linear path, but it from mission to mission to mission. In the second game, they introduce where you go to cities and these different cities and you have to you know do this and that and steal this all leading up and do these missions all leading up to a bigger uh, fight at the end to defeat this boss and then figure out what's going on in the story. The third game alone wins this vote because there's a whole fucking pirate simulator embedded into this game. If you do not play this game, Steven, you do not know what I'm talking about. Guilty but, as charged because I haven't touched any of them. But there's a fucking pirate simulator where you can level up your ship and become the most badass fucking pirate on the sea. And that's just, um, it's think of it as the, uh, what, what is that thing you love in, um, in, in Yakuza? The, the clubs. Oh, the, uh, yeah, the, think the of cabaret it, clubs. Think mm-hmm. of it as that. Not, maybe not in depth, but, um, like, it's like its own mini game. Yeah, you like, get a yeah. Like you could spin it off, and it could be like its own mobile game, or like I'm a, fairly certain Assassin's Creed Black Flag stole from Sly Cooper. 
<laughs> like, like this. Wait, that... we'll need to examine the evidence. But yeah, the third game is pretty good. Um, and obviously, Sucker Punch is, you know, I think they left it where they should because there's kind of like an ending. It's like, oh, what could we, they could do next? I think they created a PSP game with Bentley, the turtle in the uh, wheelchair. But I think this series, it may be almost better than Jack and Daxter um, in a lot of ways. Oh, but, wow. Yeah, I think. Sly Cooper deserves to have its crown for this round because I mean I haven't played it I played Team Fortress uh, quite a bit not as much as other people um, but again the, the, the way you're singing Sly Cooper's phrase, uh, praises and considering it Sucker Punch who have made Infamous and they're now working on Ghost of Tsushima which has me really excited I'm willing to give it to Sly Cooper I just God like the way right. your uh, your your discussion of master that and put it on the PlayStation. Take a ch- yeah. take a, take a shot at the third one for sure. Well, you they can... had one of the Sly Cooper games on PS Plus recently. Maybe what? not recent, recently, but like a year Did ago. Did you grab it? Did you yeah. grab it? Yeah. <gasps> what? Which one was it? It was uh, I forgot the name of it. It's like the fourth or the fifth one. Whoa! There's only three. Hold up. <laughs> no, there's like a spinoff. Oh, or like a fourth uh, one, but it, it, uh, it doesn't have a numbered entry. Yeah, I would. Oh well, it's Thievius Raccoonus. The first is the first one, and the, I don't think they all have numbers. Uh, oh, they don't. Sly Cooper. Yeah, I don't know. Let me see. Thievius Raccoonus is, is the first one. Thieves in Time. That's what it's called. That seems sounds like the spinoff. Yeah, that I, I, I think that's like the fourth one or so because at the end of the th- well i won't spoil it but yeah you should definitely get a chance if you get a chance play these games they're yeah. great all right next in the chopping block this is where the foreshadow comes in oh jesus christ dragon ball z so this encompasses all the fighting games xenoverse uh budokai and dragon ball fighters the most recent one versus Mitsuguchi, the master himself, with Res Infinite, Child of Eden, and Tetris Effect. Come follow me. Yeah, that's all you I have to say. To <laughs> Come follow me. I gotta give it to Dragon Ball. <laughs> no, I'm fucking with you. Mitsuguchi was for me. Um, um, I mean, there's a reason I put Tetris Effect at my number one. Yeah, which was very surprising. I'm still surprised by that. Um, yeah, Mitsuguchi. I love Budokai. I love Budokai to death. I never played. I played Fighters minimally, um, but I'm not into those like Capcom, Marvel versus Capcom type esque fighting games. So there's an issue, obviously, with Fighter Z, uh, but. I think Mitsuguchi has an art style that cannot be cannot be copied, really. It's just so. the, it's just like the way he designs his game, not based on purely mechanics, but also how it tries to elevate your mood in, in some form. It's he's a very 
he's a visionary director in the same way as like Yoko Taro, Hideo Kojima, Miyazaki. Like he is like up there in the pantheon of like original creators where you go like, oh shit, what's his next thing? And, you know, the way he sort of like, you know, inseb- you know, implanted the idea of like, you know, psychedelics and in his video games and trippy visuals and stuff with the music. Again, this guy knows how to uh invoke uh, a feeling with like just music alone, which is very good. Uh very exceptional. Um so yeah, I also give it to him. Dragon Ball Fighters, again, if I was a more passionate to the f- fighting fan and was competent with it i i could see the argument for dragon ball fighters and dragon ball z as a series for video games but yeah it's they've had a a few blemishes uh as well so yeah all right all right is that we are almost done almost done we need two more all right these are gonna be good oh my god okay so when i put this random i was like this is too good to be fucking true okay the perfect matchup almost perfect matchup are you ready oh god oh god civilization versus age of empires oh no steven no i need wood i need wood i need stone i need brick i need wood I need wood. Oh god. Versus Well Age it'd of be Empires. a pity if I had to take that from you, but you can see my nukes. God. Both strategy games, but one is turn based and the other one is uh more real time. Um Yeah, it's I mean I would have to look at my Steam page again. I haven't logged in in a while. The but hours spent versus... Holy crap. I've probably put 300 plus hours in Civilization Five alone. I mean, yeah, you got to think one is real-time strategy. The other is... Turn-based. turn-based strategy. Yeah. One, you could spend eons playing, um, especially if you hit that long-form button and you want to play the long... <laughs> It's not long turns, but it takes longer to get shit done. Yeah, like like progress and stuff. All yeah. facets of the mechanics is slower. So it, 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 so it instead of taking like five turns to upgrade this uh this uh building, it'll take like maybe twenty two turns or whatnot. Um. Hmm. Oh man, yeah, it has to be civilization for me. Oh man, because I remember playing Age of Empires. That game is fucking fun. I love that game. Um, but but you like, and I played recall much more that stuff. summer of us just playing Civilization. Like, there was like a, a good portion of that summer, I forgot, way back when, when we were playing Five and we were just like glued to it for like days on end. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Was it Five or is it Four? It, no, it's Five. Five. Yeah, five five was my entry point. I've yeah. tried six. Uh, six is semi-different enough to where you kind of have to relearn it a little. But something about six um, just doesn't grab me like five did. I'm not sure what it was. I think since we got the base game and didn't wait for the expansion, the features 
on the game were just pretty bare bones. And most of the leaders that I found were not that captivating in terms of I mean, like I love playing. I was I was always regardless of what I did, I don't think I ever went research for it. I was always the warmonger. I don't know why. And the, because I mean, even if we were playing teams, I would be the warmonger. I was the guy who's creating fucking army, building a bunch of armies and invading people and taking them down. But ah, I had a weak point. My weak point was I could never, especially if we weren't on the same team, my weak point would be ignoring what the fuck you were doing. <laughs> and one, one day I would have Beerman on the shore looking upon this nuclear missile launching toward like, what the fuck is that? God! Um, Truth be told, though, the impact of a nuke and its ramifications are not as dire as it seems. Like, in-game, right. yeah, it's bad if it hits a city because then the city will, will will starve to death and, like, progress halts and whatnot. And certain buildings have to be, you know, fixed and everything. But... For the most part, a nuke isn't like this end game defining uh, thing that you go for if you want to win the game. You, right. you to to really win the game, you have to go the science route, the diplomatic route. I mean, yeah, the religious just, route sometimes, which is fucking ballsy if you want to do that. It's kind of almost like a you have to duel it with the religion with the politics. Yeah. My, I think my favorite was the diplomatic route. So where you set up the uh, World Congress or the mm-hmm. UN or whatever it was called. Um, and then you have to go to each of like the city states and try and be their friends. And then it, it, it eventually convert them into allies by giving them gold and whatnot. <sighs> Such a good game. Yeah, that's... I got to give it a sieve. Yeah. I, 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 I've played Age of Empires. Not at, at its length. No... Nothing beats the length I've played uh, Civ Civilization other than a certain dragon game where you are born of dragons and you can kill chickens and everything. It's Skyrim. I played much more Skyrim than any other game on my Steam account. I think it was I spent a total of 27 days in that game. Uh. So, very healthy. All right, yeah. the final group. This one's also going to be, uh, I, I don't know, it, it depends. Uh, we have Towerfall, Ascension, and Celeste versus Ratchet and Clank. Hmm. Ooh. Ooh, my childhood's coming back. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Nothing. Nothing. So you get aggravated that it. my childhood came back? No. <laughs> You're like, God damn it, I thought we had this one. We might need a tiebreaker for this one. We'll see. Oh boy. Mm, I vote this for uh Towerfall. Ooh. Okay. Uh my vote is for Ratchet, sir. Okay. The reason being. Um up your arse, like the first one was okay. I never beat it. It was okay. Up your uh, arsenal you was had, the second one. Then you have Deadlock. That was a good one. Deadlock is the best one. It's the only one I fully beat. Um, just the whole setup with like 
you have to take out it's, it's a fucking gladiatorial arena it's gladiator with ratchet and clank um and then put it in space and then you had what was the one after that a crack in time or something like that i can't remember those ones are okay but i think deadlocked for sure is the is the is the is the one this is standout because it was just so fucking awesome and then, of course, the second game had uh, couch multiplayer, which I would play with my friends all, which I would play with my friends all the time, and fuck them over. It was kind of like a territories war with like these. Uh, you had to go around like using your ratchet to ratchet down like blue or red on each side, and you could have up to three people on each team playing with you. Just a great fucking time overall. And yes, of course, I've played Towerfall Ascension and I've played Celeste. Um, one's a great like arena like fighter, and then the other one is a great platformer. And I enjoyed Celeste a lot. I didn't really get to play much of Towerfall Ascension. I mean, I played it obviously with you, but other than it being an arena fighter, it's pretty good. I, I like it a lot. It could be fucking nuts and crazy all the time. Yeah, it gets real intense. Yeah, especially with the like refracting shots that can bounce off walls and shit. Just add all the add all the multipliers. Um, but yeah, I think I have to give it to Ratchet and Clank. I give it to Tower Font Celeste because I think for a indie studio to develop a two games in succession that have been very successful and just so good even with what like maybe someone could say oh well the art style is way 8 bit it's it's trying to you know go out, go after that retro look and it's it's a bit cheap in that way but i i really don't give too much credit to that kind of argument uh because in terms of uh gameplay design Celeste is like it, Celeste is up there with like one of the best 2D platformers of all time and it was number 2 on my list last year for 2018 um so I have it high up there I have to give the vote to Celeste so in this case we will have to flip a coin tiebreaker I don't trust your coin flip you don't have to trust the coin. <laughs> why don't I have to trust? Why don't I have to trust? All right, pick heads or tails for Ratchet and Clank. Tails. Tails. All right, here we go. It's tails. Ratchet and Clank wins. Destroyed. Oh, that's the last. That's the last. God damn it. I liked Celeste a lot. Don't get me wrong, but it had we, to go up against another. It's like Sly Cooper, we, dude. It, <laughs> when Ratchet yeah, Click goes up against Sly Cooper, that's going to be the day. Yeah, we'll Jack see. And Dexter. They, they uh, did Jack and Dexter die? I think it did. I think we no. killed Jack and Dexter. No? Wait, did we? I think it did. Possibly. Oh my God. Yeah, because it was up against. <laughs> yeah, it went up against something bigger than it. That's the thing. It's like. Yeah. We don't there know what's, what they're going to go up against next. Well, what a way. That is Ending it on a sour babies. note. Ah, I think it was pretty sweet. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for the next installment. It's going to get crazy. Yeah, so that is yeah. round three of... 
kill your babies. We may have to. No, fuck it. We're keeping the name. Um, yeah. So we do actually have a couple more things to talk about. Now, huge spoiler warning. If you've ever watched True Detective at any point, any of the seasons, any of it at all, and you haven't caught up with at least episode six of this season, which is the previous episode that just aired, then you may wish to skip past this next section. Um, We will be going in through a couple more things with uh, regards to box office predictions to 2019 and some other stuff later. But this section will be talking about True Detective. So feel free to put on your tinfoil hats and... Get ready, because we're going in deep on this one. All right. All right. So. True Detective is back on TV after what appears to be like a three-year, four-year hiatus, it feels like. True Detective Season 2 was in 2014? Uh, Yeah, I believe so. Oh, shit. Has it really been that long? God damn. Across the dusty mason, a yeah, shadow grow. Well, to to this season's benefit, um, I am really enjoying the current incarnation of True Detective. They kind of went back to basics with the three timelines that the first season was uh, renowned for. Mm-hmm. But with a slight twist in the sense of like our lead character, Wayne Hayes, uh, in the third timeline when he's older, he has a form of amnesia or Parkinson's. Um, I don't think it's Parkinson's. I don't think that's what. De- no, I think he has dementia, sir. Oh, dementia. I'm sorry. Parkinson's yeah, I'm, I'm is, the, is the muscular disorder that Michael right, Fox right. has. <laughs> Right, my bad. I, I completely God, yeah. mixed it up. Parkinson's. Right, <laughs> <laughs> Wayne. Wayne True Detective spinoff. <laughs> that's that's a spinoff, my good sir. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Parkinson's detective. Okay. Yeah. Um, and basically, he is partnered with Roland West, who is played by Stephen Dorff, who is an actor that I really, again, didn't know much about. But in my opinion, I think he's fucking killing it. And this season. Fingers are so co. Yeah. Just like anything. Call him a shit heel twerp again. Just the one liners are great. Yeah, just the one liners are great. I I think more so I again, this is my personal opinion, but I think the secondary character this time around, I think might be better than the our main protagonist. Just by a little bit, but I think he's just really killing it with his role. Um so we have it to where the first timeline that in the 70s correct yes that's correct no yes. 80s 90s and 2015 it's the 80s and 90s in 2015 it's not in the late late 70s because that's nope. when maybe Star that's when it starts no it was 80s 90s in 2015 guaranteed because he talks oh, okay. in the 90s he talks about back in 80 something Okay. Maybe it's maybe it's back in eighty. Maybe it was nineteen eighty and nineteen ninety. Because I think Star Wars came out in seventy nine. Seventy nine. So that would make sense. Okay. So like at the very start of the eighties. Mm. So we have a the first episode starts off with the disappearance of two two children. 
who went Julie out Purcell. bike riding, correct? Julie Purcell and her brother. Someone um, Purcell. Someone Purcell <laughs> again. May hint to the fact that he might be dead after this episode. <laughs> well, he, well, he, well, yeah, he, he is dead. I mean, yeah, they found his body. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, general impressions of like, what do you think of, of the season so far? I fucking love this season. Um, it. <sighs> Initially watching the first episode, I was like, okay, it's interesting. I mean, I wasn't hooked as much as I was um, with the first season, first episode. Like, you're asking the long fucking questions. Yeah, uh, that was like the that, hook for me. Like, that it's was... just like, and then the music hits, and you're like, oh, shit. Matthew McConaughey is a good drama actor. Um, and you have, you know, the pairing of Woody Harrelson and... And Matthew McConaughey, they've worked together before. They've been in a bunch of stuff together. Um, so you already have that outside of the uh, Hollywood sphere, you know, buddy-buddy uh, kind of thing. But with Marshall Ali and Dorf, um, I, th- I think it's, it's, it's marinating as the, as the season goes on. And I think I really fucking love it. And I, I, the writing overall is fucking great. Um, it's more grounded. Yeah. Uh, you could definitely tell uh, Nick Pizzolato, he basically really, he took the criticisms of season two, which uh, I think were warranted for the most part. But I think I like the, the second season because I really enjoyed its, its, its boldness. It's sort of, it hits you in the hammer with its themes, uh, which hits is what most noir, uh, what what good noir does it, it's not subtle in that regard but this is com- this is a complete light and uh a, a day and night difference with season two in terms of both uh it's it's slow burn pacing it takes a while for it to get somewhere uh which can be detriment if, if you you know faster pace uh tv show but it really slowly, gradually walks behind you and just covers you and just sort of like just it, it takes a lot of marination. And yeah. it's it's by the time episode five was done and then when we're in the third timeline and they're sort of sitting down and when, you know, Wayne Hayes is trying to convince uh, West, hey, we're not done with this. Let's let's keep going. There are certain pieces missing to to this case. Like we're not done, man. And then stir some shit up with me. Yeah, <laughs> just stir some shit up, man. Just like the old days. And um, and that whole scene, like I like I was waiting for for the entirety of this season for this one scene to define this season to to sort of make me feel like, oh my god, this this is like really reaching season one levels of quality. And I was just waiting for that scene. And then episode five with that, just one conversation and how the emotional they get and just sort of the mystery behind why West has this grudge against Hayes that we still don't know about just yet. We're not at that point, but uh, just the level of acting portrayed in that scene uh, was just astonishing to me. It, yeah. It is it, it it is one of the 
best scenes in the entire series. Uh, For sure. It's just phenomenal. One, one thing I want to say, um, I think it's as a compliment to season one and season two. I mean, I season two, I liked, but I think season one was way better. And I think season three is way better. It's kind of like, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a good sandwich, but the bread is like fucking amazing, you know, for now. Um, yeah. Season three feels like, feels like a, a, a loose companion piece to season one because again you could say oh yeah of course the format is timelines but the way it's contextualizing the events and more so here in season three where certain characters that would be just background characters in season one rise in prominence here and as and as a scriptwriter uh for the pizza man <laughs> that's that's why that's why i call him um he that that sort of shows an evolution to craft writing uh a, a good script and not stagnating like he he takes the same structure but he puts a spin on it just enough to where it's like okay this isn't just like season one. it's different enough to where it has its own tone um and we really don't know what the finale has in for us but i'm really excited to see where it goes Yeah, me too. Um, what do you think about the uh, the theme song by Cassandra Wilson for the I'm a for the title? Fan. I'm a bigger fan of the first. Well, okay, the first season one of my favorite theme songs for the opening theme. Okay, ah, okay. Um, season two, I did like how they used it as kind of a story device to tell you what the fuck the killer was thinking. Even yeah. though the killer wasn't exactly who you thought out, and he wasn't necessarily the biggest bad of them all, <laughs> but I think with season three, uh, it's okay. I'm okay. not a huge fan of the uh, the opening thing, but the one theme that I think that they didn't use in season two that they could have used more of was the Lara Lynn shit. Like if they would have used that as the opening, I've told you this before, the opening <clears throat> thing, you know, with uh. I forget the name of the song. What is it? Church and Ruins. The only thing, the only, no, the only thing oh. worth fighting for. Oh, okay. Um, I feel like that's one of my favorite songs by Lara Lynn. And the only reason I know about it is because of what the marketing department used, HBO marketing did um, with the trailers for season two. Um, Not only that, but she was like a, a bit like she, she appeared in the actual. Uh, yeah. Um, and actually sang the songs there. She's kind of so. like the angel of death kind of. Yeah. Yeah, correct. Um, kind of going back to talking about what you all—all all three seasons. Um, I feel like the first first season, and this might be in um, this might be like you know increased by our usage of Reddit, but uh, and tinfoil hat theories on there. But the first season really teaches you like there you're the, the shit, the, the bad guys in plain sight, kind of. Right. And and we may not know who how many people are the bad men are based upon season two, how many people are actually in the conspiracy, but season one teaches you, hey, 
there's some hints that you're going to see throughout this, the thing. I mean, we get Errol mowing a lawn in front of one of the churches for the Tuttle family in the first season. And like when you see there, and there's like a, I think there's a old church sign and there was like praise the king, something king on high or something like that. But the letter is kind of as the, as the camera pans, it ends up saying, uh, see king here and so obviously the the theme in that one is the yellow king and so it was very like you know a lot of people in reddit were like holy fuck it's this guy it's this guy and a lot of people were like they were correct that's the yellow king but um this the first season trained you to look beyond what you see or even read into what you're seeing all of it season two tells you there's a lot of possible people that are involved it may not just be one person like the first season and then you have now season three where there's crazy shit happening and i don't know we've been trained like dogs are like oh what is it is it this person is it the pumpkin lady is she involved is lucy purcell involved what's going on (laughs) (laughs) the hoyt food bag what the fuck does that mean oh the hole in the wall okay was was someone peeping through it or oh okay now we know that they're passing notes to each other which actually makes more sense than the uncle spying and then people are dropping like flies what who the fuck's doing that is the da involved like all this shit we've been trained by pizza man to to look for now and we're becoming true detectives as we watch these seasons <laughs> but um yeah it's 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 pretty crazy and that, yeah. that's just um i think we had talked about this uh, a few days ago but the way that pizza man uh, as you mentioned like sort of trains us to look for the smaller details and the and the vast conspiracy the the network of uh of uh pieces at play um i think it was in the third episode of season 3 uh when they were sort of trying to you know question certain uh persons of interest and they were going to the Hoyt uh no, it was the Ozark Children's Reach Center, right? Yeah, but it was it was at the Hoyt. Yeah, it, it was at the center. the Hoyt Family Food Distribution. Um, and so like there was like this picture, uh, and again as the investigation as the investigation goes on, um, it slowly revealed that the Hoyt family is is involved in 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 this case and in, in the disappearance. Uh, Rather, very prominently, uh, more so because the allusions to the pink room, uh, the pink in recent castle. episodes, yeah, the 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 pink castle, rather. And then with the ending of this recent episode, where um, Tom Purcell, the father, uh, breaks in and he enters like this uh, this huge like uh, is, is is it like it's a, a lock room? Oh, yeah, it's it's like a safe. It's like an old it's a, safe. Yes, yeah, it's, it's like an old safe, but then it like goes down to like basement it's like a area. Bunker. Yeah, it's like a bunker, and then he like just opens the door and just. And as soon as you see the just, pink glow, I was like, "Oh no!" Yeah, yeah. I was like, "This is this is where you die." <laughs> yeah, it seems like he's he he's a goner. Um. Oh, for sure, because we see what was the cop's name? 
the ex cop that worked on the he was like PD for when the kids went missing and then like and then he got hired on to be like a like a managerial role for Hoyt Foods. What was his name? Wilson or um, no, I'm talking about right the guy that stands yeah. up behind Tom in the end. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, but I was gonna mention like um, before you mentioned like going back and looking at other episodes. This season, more than others, uh, bleeds upon the fact that we have not necessarily we can't necessarily believe everything we see because we might have a um, biased narrator because he might be misremembering things because you kind of get the hint that you're seeing everything from 2015 uh, Hayes's eyes. And he's trying to remember these things and piece them together from the eighties and nineties. When you see that, like he's losing his mind slowly with to dementia or whatever Alzheimer's it might be. And so, like we as viewers, we we remember we were t- we were just talking offhand. We we're like, "What the fuck?" After the pink, I like to call it the pink castle episode. Um, we look back, we we're like, "Oh shit, that's right." The granddaughter died, and all this shit. Like Hoyt's granddaughter had died either two years before this shit dropped or something, and she's pictured in the picture, and it it right. looks at that photo. It's just. Like the crazy little things, the little nuanced things that you see. There's probably something we're missing still. Like there's something to do with the notes that's going to be the reveal, I feel, because he's been looking back at those things for for a while. It's just we, we only have one half of the notes. These are the notes that her brother was, was pushing through the door to her, not the vice versa. Yeah, through through the peephole through in the between the, closet, the closets. So I there think, must be another set of notes. We don't know mm-hmm. where they are. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, like in, in many ways, this season feels way more dense than season one. And in, in, in some regards, like there's more details that I feel one can easily miss in, in, in this season three in comparison to the first one. Um, it's just... It's a big bitch this season. It's a yeah. It's it's the sprawl just revealing itself gradually. Um, there was one thing I wanted to talk about in regards to. Uh, I think it was when they aired episode four or episode five at the end, and they had an upcoming True Detective like oh, preview yeah. of what's to come. The laptop, eh? The laptop, the laptop uh, with the interviewer. Yeah. Um, it showed our good old pals, Rust. Yeah. Marty and Rust. Marty and Rust. (laughs) Goddamn. I read, I'm I'm hoping beyond hope, but I don't think it'll happen that we'll see them show up. Um, or just Rust. I'll take just Rust if I have to. (laughs) But that leads to the bigger question of, do you think, do you think he can make it work? If they, if you were to introduce older characters into this season, or sort of uh, foreshadow a potential team up um, for like a future season where everything starts to connect. Well, here's the thing: 
I have some probably some sour news to, that might come with the end of the season. I don't know. I don't have any inside knowledge. But both of these fuckers are old, right? Okay. Um, talking about haze and 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 uh, purple haze, purple yeah, haze and, and wood, woods. Rolling West. Yeah, West. Sorry. Um, I mean, these guys are old. We have, and then we have maybe, what, three years more, three years off of seat where season one left off in the timeline. So I think it's going to have to be Rust. I don't think West is going to be a part of it, or if he is, or West or Hayes are going to be a part of it. Um, I would, I'm sad to say, or you never know who, whoever the fuck might show up. Um, maybe we'll get the girl from season two to show up. Uh, Rachel McAdams, this character. Yeah, Rachel McAdams. Mm-hmm. Bezerides. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah Um, yeah, I I don't know if we're gonna have like a super team up. It's not gonna be any Avengers, right? <laughs> but <laughs> we, we might. Uh, we might get. I th- I th- I'm excited for what might happen. I'm just waiting to see what would happen. Side note, I was thinking about this the other day and I fucking forgot because it was one key detail when they're having that conversation on the deck at West's house that I forgot. Didn't Hayes mention that Hoyt had come to somebody from, I think one of the Hoyt people that's in the Hoyt family went to come visit him and talk to him? Back in 90? I think I I think that's something that happened. Hmm. Do you remember that? And he no. was, and then West was like, West was like, you never told me that. Hmm. I feel like I feel like there's gonna be some scene that comes up. And we're gonna see. Oh, and it's gonna be like fucking revealing as shit. But I, we could we after after the podcast we could we can go back and watch that. Um, but. I believe that's something that's said by Mr. Purple Hayes. Yeah. Uh, I just want to bring up one more point slash question before we move on. But, um, okay. So there's one thing about, uh, Wayne and his dementia. I think he is exaggerating a little bit. I think there's going to be a certain point. And the, the reason why I think this is, in this past episode, when they're when uh, West is with uh, Hayes at his house, mm-hmm. and he's looking at the uh, book of Amelia that that she published regarding the case, yeah, and all the notes he has scribbled with like the post-it notes and all that. Um, when he comes back from the bathroom, Hayes, yeah, he, he has, and, you know, he has this episode where he's like, "Oh, Max. hey, West, I, I didn't know you were here. What's up, man?" And then. He looks at the window and then tells him, "Hey, can you check if there's a a, a brown sedan? Right? Is it a brown uh-huh. sedan or like a it's dark a, sedan? It's a dark sedan. I don't think he says it's brown, right? Yeah, because he like like he he feels like someone's watching over him or someone's spying right. on him. And then you know, West goes and looks, peeks, and then he just replies, "Oh no, there's no sedan here, man. I think that was a test." I don't really know why per se, but I feel like some I I feel like whatever happened that we don't know that for this grudge to exist in the third timeline and what happened in the 90s I feel like it's going to be revealed that 
Hayes doesn't trust West just enough. Um, and I feel like West is also lying about something. And I feel like he's uh, Hayes is playing his dementia as a tool at times. I'm not saying he's faking it entirely. I'm just saying that maybe he's just trying to like play mind games with certain people. Because, again, this is a very small detail. But have you ever noticed when... When Hayes is like in a position of like power over someone, he like does this very slight grin. Oh yeah, yeah, and and he he was really it was really pronounced to the field twerp room. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that scene. Yeah, and he did it at at the same time as as Wes came back from the window. He's like, yeah, there's nothing there. Like, like just that one grin. Out, you know, I kind of look back. I'm like, "Hmm, something is up with this. It yeah. could be nothing. I, I, I could just be speculating uh, for nothing, but I thought it was something to point out that it might pop up later. Yeah, I, I really hope so. He, I, I fucking hope Hayes doesn't die, but I feel like someone's going to die. Or, I mean, if either one of these old fucks gets injured, it's not going to be like a, a, a rust knife to the gut survival. I think they're going to die. <laughs> you think both uh, will, will perish? No. No, no. One of them will either be dead, or one will be seriously injured and dead, or both. If they end up fine, I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised. Um, I think West dies, and I think Hayes ends up in a fucking like dementia home. And that would be like a sad fucking. End. That's like the dark ending, <laughs> but where he can't remember anything, and so the bad guys keep winning. <laughs> Um, oh god but then rush shows up to talk to him <laughs> it's not all lost man the but dark. if if, <laughs> if they if they don't if they don't play i mean they might not have the rights to play this song but if they don't play purple haze at like the end credits where like if they're uh, if they're successful I'm, yeah. I'm gonna be a little bit disappointed <laughs> yeah like give me some Jimi hendrix god yeah. damn it I think they'll uh, do it. I think they'll do it. At the end, of the last Mad Men episode. was able to do it, but Mad Men was also a special case where they were able to do a Beatles song at one point, and that took like a big chunk of their budget. So, who knows? Yeah. Uh, I wonder why the writing took a dip in the third season. <laughs> yeah. God. Um, and then, of course, the last of his song. But all right, I think we've spent well enough time. Uh, what do we think was going to happen in episode seven? And w- like predictions? Um, I think uh, this isn't a prediction. For, oh man, the preview where he's like you know shirtless and by. I think it's burning clothes because there's blood on them. I think that's all it is. Right, right, right. So he's he's killed someone. Um probably um i think this is not prediction specifically for episode seven but maybe for both episodes uh to close it off but i think the daughter of the of the hoyt uh the father the one that owns the business who went to that safari um i think the daughter is the one that they that uh, Lucy Purcell was supposed that to meet called. up with, yeah, oh. at at the Devil's Den or in that little cave section 
where Wait, you, you find the the you brother think dead. Hoyt's daughter was the one that. I feel like Hoyt's daughter was with the the uh, the African American with with oh. the blind eye. Oh yeah, um, and okay. I feel like she's going to be like maybe goers. And she's the one that maybe puts him in like that pose as an, I don't know, maybe she's crazy in that way. Very cult-like. I think there's a grand conspiracy personally with Pumpkin Lady, the priest, Hoyt, Hoyt Foods, and the DA. And they're all in it, in on it. And then and it's a uh, pedophile ring. Yeah. But yeah. So, me. so because obviously if they're going, if they're going to commit to the reference of the first season, it obviously has to you know, somewhat connect to the pedophile ring and and that uh, with the Tuttles and everything. But um, in regards to like how they mentioned in conversation, Wayne Hayes, Roland West, they're they're like, oh man, just how quickly this town was forgotten or like was abandoned after the uh, after like the shootout, I believe, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the 80s with the shootout with the Native American. Um, I feel like, again, that sort of conspiracy was uh, was convenient enough to to plant the evidence to where the the town is now gone and they could, like, you know, remove most of the evidence uh, that could maybe pop up later in the future. Um, So, yeah. All right. Well, I think that cuts off our... uh, true detective discussion, but yeah, I'm super excited to see what happens, uh, in the next couple episodes. All right. So from HBO to the regular box office. Um, yeah, yeah that's so great. We have some I'm fucking not gonna lie. Yeah. You're goddamn right. That was a good transition. <laughs> yeah, um, from the home box office to the regular box office. Now we have to talk about what's going to happen with the 2019 movie expectations and predictions. Um, essentially, we're going to go through a list of five of our top uh, grossing movies we think are going to happen. Rather, let me reset. We're going to go through one through five. Number one being the most, the top grossing movie we think is going to happen in 2019, and five being uh, the fifth top uh, grossing movie. Uh, it's going to happen in 19, uh, 2019, and um, we're going to compare what we think uh, might be some uh, switch hits, like just general 2019 movie <laughs> expectations. So I would like to start with what I, what I think is going to be a top grossing movie of 2019. All right. I got to give it to Avengers Endgame. At I think number it's one. at number one. It's a safe bet that the Avengers is going to fucking destroy the box office um because the Total last gross one did. worldwide where, where do you think it'll land where did the first one land the first one or infinity war infinity war uh infinity war i think broke two billion i think this gets a cool 1.7 bill I'm, it may not. I don't think it's gonna break the pre- last one unless it has something fucking insane that happens. In it. it could very well pass two bill. Yes, um, worldwide two two billion uh, million. Yeah, I think I think um, it has a chance to make two billion, but uh, it realistically, this is the conclusion. So I don't know. 
Maybe, maybe not. I think it's going to make a fuck ton of money if that's a measurement I could use. <laughs> a fuck ton um, of money, okay. A fuck ton. Just back that fuck ton up right here into the uh, pockets of the mouse. Let's get specific. Let's bet on it, man. No, I don't bet with you anymore. <laughs> um, no, 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 no. We do not. We do not yeah. bet. Uh, uh, but yeah, Avengers Endgame, I think is going to be the top grossing for me. Do you want to go or should I go through my whole list and then you tell your whole list? Um, I'll go first. Uh, All right. Sure. Um, I think. Hmm, I think my number one is the Lion King. OK, solid, so here, so here's the thing. The Lion King is very below. Probably, you know, on many people's eyes, you oh, know, yeah. their, their childhood. Pretty simple. The reason why I think the Lion King has potential might be a small chance i think the lion king can defeat avatar in the global box office f and only if there's there there's like the, the 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 environment supports it with these two things one is that um it's in the theaters for a long time like they extend it and two if they really market it heavily in china um china is a big one yeah china's the big one it's 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 where uh most movies that do okay domestically here but they overperform in china think like transformers michael bay films in general um they they do very well in china um and the reason why i think the lion king has potential to beat avatars i think it's 2.6 billion 2.8 Um, is because the star power behind it. You have Beyonce, you have Childish Gambino, I believe. Yeah. I think he's, uh, yeah, he's voicing Simba. You have all these sort of like... James Earl Jones. Of course, he has to come back, obviously. Um, My son. You just can't replace him. That's like the one voice you can't replace. It's like the motherfucker. Exactly. Um, I feel like this movie... It's just going to make so much money. It's it's slotted in the summer, which is perfect. Um, it has room to breathe, and depending on if, if they have like you know three D ticket sales and IMAX, it's just gonna do very well, dude. Uh, it's a goddamn classic. It, it is a classic reimagined once more. <laughs> And again, the Jungle Book did pretty well, right? Like uh, a few uh, when that Which came out. One? Uh, uh, I, I, I know there's the one two, where, but um, what's the guy who talks like this? And he's Italian or is he Irish? I can't tell. <laughs> I think he's Irish. Um, well, Christopher Walken was uh, King, um, the big monkey. Right. Was it that one you're talking about? Uh, I think so. It, it it was the one published by Disney. They were both published by... Wait. Yes. Yes, that is the one where... It's not the one where Idris Elba is Shere Khan. Wait, was he? I, fuck it. There was two of them that came out. God damn uh, it. <laughs> I think it's not the most recent one, right? No. Okay. It was yeah. the one that came one out like came four out years ago or so. Where Jessica... Uh, No, not... One sec. Keep talking. Anyways, uh, my point being that the Lion King will surpass the Jungle Book. Obviously, that's that's 
there's no question. But with the right with the right elements in place, with China, with having an extended box office presence, uh, I think it could beat Avatar. I think there's like a 15, 20% chance of that happening. Okay. So kind of jumping back, um, Idris Elba was Sheer Khan. Scarlett Johansson was the, was the snake. Is this the one you're talking about? Christopher Walken was King Louis. I guess so. I guess that was played by Bill Murray. Yeah. That one. John Favreau was the director. Yeah. Yeah. It's that one. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's why that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, the, so yeah, I think the Lion King will break uh, 2.6 billion. Oof. Will it hit 3 billion? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I that think... Is a, that is the very good... I, I think that's a good bet that it's going gonna, it's gonna to beat Avatar because that wasn't that the longest standing one before Avatar? <sighs> or was it Titanic? No, it was Titanic. James Cameron, you know, the king, the goat, as many refer to him. He's just like the box office king. So to have like a potential contender to Avatar in the Lion King, I think, I think, it, yeah, I mean, as I said, 15, 20% chance it happens. But I think it's possible that Avatar could be beat. Um, and yeah, I'm putting all my marbles on. The Lion King. Yeah. It's probably a safe bet. That's why I made it my number two. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, I, I, when Avengers Endgame doesn't look like, I, I'm sure it's going to be a great for me. I, maybe not for you, Steven, because we know you have your gripes about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but um, I fucking love uh, Marvel, but I think Lion King is also going to do very fucking well. There's no doubt in my mind it's not going to be breaking box office records, being crazy fucking popular. I mean, it's fucking classic. James Earl Jones. I mean, alone is the reason I'm going to see it with his booming voice and my son. One day you will see, or one day you see, all of this will be yours, but do not go to that dark place. Like, I can't even do it justice. I'm doing more of a Batman impersonation. But, um, yeah, I'm super excited to go see The Lion King again. <laughs> yeah my my number two is avengers endgame even though uh, <laughs> well yeah it's it, it's the safest of twos in my opinion um again marvel cinematic universe has the best legs in the industry and superhero movies in general are not gonna away anytime soon uh, and this is really a culmination of 10 plus years of films. Um, I don't think it will have these, the sort of, um, so two things. I don't think it's going to have the massive reach that Infinity War has only because I feel like Infinity War was like, this is it. This is the movie. This is the, the Thanos movie. And game is just leftovers time to fix I wouldn't say what happens I think it's I think it's the conclusion to what the fuck just happened and I think people it's like what happened after the red wedding spoiler um I'm not gonna tell what what happened at the red wedding but it's like what happened at the red wedding makes you want to go watch the rest of what the fuck's gonna happen and the revenge that people are gonna get that's my two t- two bits on that okay um 
I just don't necessarily agree because I feel like Infinity War felt more like an event. And then game just feels like, okay, it's time to finish what we started in a way. Like it's just the resolution. It I don't know how this is going to feel like a climax in the way that Infinity War did, at least when I went to go see it. Um and if they're going to keep the running time at three hours, which is what the current rumor is. I'm down for it. Then that means that there will probably be less uh show times per theater. So yeah. the box office reach will be a, a a bit less because of that. I would understand that. I think I think that's why, yeah. It's a good bet that it's gonna be yeah. Um uh less money in the movie theater because less packed seats. I mean, you got if the Lion King's gonna shill bitches in and out, okay? It's gonna keep running and running and running. Cause that thing is what? 90 minutes? I uh, like that's a concise story. It's not yeah, super it's very long. concise. It's mm-hmm. that's just gonna make the money. So yeah, I kind of see what you're getting with. Yeah. I just base things upon how epic they are, I guess. <laughs> That's all good. Uh, yeah. So my number three, you might be baffled. And I'm just putting it here, maybe for shock value, but also because I know the man in the red suit is going to give me a goddamn good time, even if he's dressed up in a yellow fur. Detective Pikachu is going to be the third top grossing movie of this year. You can go fuck yourself if you think I'm wrong. So. <laughs> whoa, wait, wait, wait. Third. 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 Number three. three. Okay. Detective Pikachu. How much? Oh, God. Uh, uh, fuck, I'm bad with, I'm bad with judging where pe- places things are going to go. Um, I mean, if, if I, I, I say it makes, if, if it's as good as it hopes to be with Ryan Reynolds, um, a Billy. One billion? One billion. Okay. Maybe. It depends on the runtime. It depends on how good it actually is. Uh, I, I think I might be just too much of a Pokemon fan. Th- this isn't rated R, right? It's a, no, it's rated it's PG. Oh I wish it was God. rated R. <laughs> if it was rated R, it could probably be. Mewtwo rips Charizard and Twain! <laughs> like, oh my God. Oh, shit. I mean, when it comes to rated R films, I think it's a rated PG film. I don't think it's rated uh, rated PG thirteen, but I could be wrong. I have to double check on. Um, but yeah, is I, that I, stifle Ryan Reynolds? Can he what? still be as funny? I think he can. I think it's situational humor. I don't think okay. it's going to be like you know. Because he's not actually Pikachu, he is actually Deadpool. It's a little bit different. You're looking, <laughs> you, you know, it's kind of like yeah. that. Oh, it's a cute kind of humor, but it's like it's Ryan Reynolds' voice coming out of fucking Pikachu. That alone yeah. is fucking hilarious. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's going to make a bunch of money. Um, whether or not it actually lives up to the level three spot. May or may not. I think my level, I think my number four has a better chance of actually hitting where number three is going to be. Okay, but but you wanted to give Detective Pikachu its due. I think it has a, like has a solid, solid chance. Solid chance, yeah. 
uh, being number three. What say you? My number three is a safe one. I believe Frozen 2 will be the highest grossing CGI slash animated movie of the You're cutting out, sir. Uh, Can you hear me? Yeah, there you go. Okay. Frozen 2. Yeah, Frozen 2 will be the highest grossing animated slash CGI uh, kids movie of the year. I think more so than Toy Story 4, even though I'm more excited for Toy Story 4. Mm. Uh, Frozen 2 just has too much reach. It, the the original, I think, made like what? Over a billion? Frozen. I'm checking the deets. Yeah, worldwide, 1.2 billion. Yeah, that's... You cut out. Or maybe I uh, did. I, I don't know. Uh, I'm just going to repeat what I said. The original Frozen made $1.2 billion box office worldwide. Mm. I didn't actually put that on my list. You'd be surprised to find out. Yeah, I think uh, Frozen 2 will break 1 billion. I don't know if it could reach 1.2. But yeah, um, it's just, you know, let it go, you know? It's it's the type of song Mm -hmm. that really either you're tired of it or you just are, it's it's too catchy for you or whatnot. It's it's what all the little girls, kids like to hear. I fucking love Frozen. That was the first date me and my lady went on. So there's a reason for me to love Frozen. It's a great oh, fucking okay. flick. Yeah, yeah. It's uh I think it's 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 pretty good. I enjoyed I enjoyed it solid, when I went. What a solid original story by I mean, yes, it's based off the Ice Princess. Okay. But what a solid, mostly original story um Disney created with that one. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I think Frozen 2 will break 1 billion once again. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. All right, my number 4. We're going to go jump back to the superhero movies. Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. I think a bunch of people are going to go see Captain uh Captain Marvel. Um just because it's going to be a great I, it's it's the one missing piece we don't know uh, that fits into what the fuck's going to happen into Affinity War. So people are going to probably go to see that just for the reasoning behind um, like, OK, Captain Marvel is definitely tied to Infinity War. Anything we can get, uh, any 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 touch point we can get between the big Avengers movies, I think people want to go see. I th- I watched uh ant-man and that was kind of disappointing and there was only nothing there was nothing that really tied to the movie but this one's like come on you know there's going to be some tie-in there's mysteries about her we don't know um and i i mean it looks like it's just a great flick overall and i think it's going to make a bunch of money um my guess would be uh, 850 million okay Worldwide, it, do you think it could beat Wonder Woman? How much did Wonder Woman make? If you're gonna, uh, bring, if you're gonna ask me, you gotta bring that shit to the table, sir. You gotta have those stats oh, up. Apologies, I just maybe eight hundred twenty-one million. It might be it. It might it might be able to beat um, uh, Wonder Woman. I, However, Wonder Woman, people know. People already. It's like yeah, Batman. People, it's it's like, just, you know, she's more prominent than Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I think the fact that tie into uh, the Avengers film might be a solid 
I mean, Samuel L. Jackson's in the movie. Okay, you get to it's kind of like an origin story for Samuel L. Jackson along with Captain Marvel, along with whatever the fuck that orange cat is gonna be. Um do you know about the orange cat? No, I don't, but there's now I'm more intrigued. In yeah, there's, or, there's an orange cat in the film that apparently is going to be a show stealer. I feel like the orange cat is a I think the orange cat is actually something that we don't know it is. It's, I don't know. You can look it up at your own time. I forgot the name of the damn cat, but. Um, Garfield? No, it's not Garfield, you goddamn fool. <laughs> Go eat some lasagna. No. Um, but yeah, I think Captain Marvel is going to make a bunch of money. Whether or not it could beat Wonder Woman, I don't know. But um, I'm certainly excited for it. And I think it's going to fit number four on my list. Okay. My number four is another safe one. You got a friend in me. <laughs> Star Wars Episode Nine. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's Star Wars. There's no uh, the Last Jedi did not make as much as the Awakens, and considering the divisive nature of the Last Jedi, which I still don't understand, I think the Last Jedi is a top three Star Wars movie. You can take out your pitchforks out if you want; it don't matter to me. Um, the witch. Um. But I think this one's going to play it safe like The Force Awakens, considering that J.J. Abrams is back. And for that reason, I'm not that confident in it. But because of that, I think it could make more money than The Last Jedi, depending on how it plays out, depending on sort of like the fate of sort of the main characters with Rey and Kylo Ren. Um, Yeah, I think I think it will be the I think it will make more money than The Last Jedi, but not enough to beat The Force Awakens. So, let's see. I just need to look this up. The Force Awakens, I think, made $1.8 billion. Holy You're shit. Dumb. $2 billion. Two point, yeah, $2 billion 68. Uh, I think... Did Avengers, beat, nine, did, you, did Avengers beat Star Wars? Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah, barely. Um, yeah, uh, episode nine will make probably one point five billion, somewhere in the one point five, one point six billion range. That's a solid bet. Yeah, it's a solid bet. It's a very safe bet. I'm kind of feeling stupid now. <laughs> About my number five pick. Why is that? I don't know why. I was on a goddamn roll with my. I think Mr. Gillahala. Uh I What's think uh, Spider Man Far From Home is gonna make number five. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, my number five spot goes to Spider Man Far From Home. <laughs> um but there's a caveat. I, I do have a caveat and um I think if that doesn't make the number five top grossing of the year, Star Wars definitely will. That's going to be a safe bet. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm. A, I, I, was, I was trying not to make a hype list, but I guess I'm hyped for Star Wars or Spider Man. Um, I'm also equally. I'm, I'm very excited for Star Wars. Don't get me wrong at all. I'm a Star Wars fan. I swear. Um, but yeah, I'm very intrigued what uh, Spider-Man Far From Home can bring. And 
I guess the movie will gain interest or lose more interest depending on what happens in the next couple Marvel movies. I mean, that shit's coming out in July, right? Or something uh-huh. like that. Or June, uh-huh. I think. Yeah, um, there's going to be like this weird transition period after. Okay, well. Yeah, I mean, they obviously can't put too much marketing shit out for Spider-Man. I'm surprised they put out the... But obviously, Sony owns the rights to the marketing material, so it's like... Yeah, Marvel. Great. Yep. So we know no, we don't know much, but we also know that Spider-Man comes back. But we knew that already. So yeah. Um Homecoming made 880. You think it could beat that? No. No. Maybe. Okay. But currently, no. Um, I don't think there's a huge no. I think there was a huge, like, I feel like people were like, oh, finally, it's a fucking great Spider-Man. And they actually got it hooked. Hook, line, and sinker. I mean, Spider-Man was a draw for uh, Civil War, for sure. When they released that trailer, it was like, oh, shit, Spider-Man's in the movie. Let me go see this movie now. But um, maybe we might we might see, like, a 900 million you know, spot, but you never know. <laughs> So that is my number five slash 5.2 with Star Wars and Spider-Man. But I think Star Wars might actually, now that you say it. (laughs) It's going to make a lot more money than Spider-Man. Maybe people like lightsabers. I don't know. You tell me. (laughs) My number five is Detective Pikachu. Uh, Mm. I feel like this will be the the Trojan horse of the year. I feel like it it's going to surprise people with how good the movie turns out to be. It's going to have people be like, Oh shit, finally a Pokemon movie, real, uh, a real life Pokemon movie. Um, Ryan Reynolds will kill the role, um, in a good way. Um, and I could see it making 800 million easily, especially if it does well in China. Um, oh, it'll do really well in China. It'll do really well yeah. in Japan too. Better fucking yeah, believe that shit. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's time. It's time we had a good uh, pseudo video game movie. You know, like we we really haven't had one stand out to be like, oh, hey, we can point to a to a video game adaptation, you know, and be like, hey, we're proud of this one. Yeah, the I closest think one is... would be The Edge of Tomorrow, otherwise known as Live, Die, Repeat, which is not really a video game movie, but it takes tropes from video games. Yeah, correct. Hence um, respawning. Correct. Um, and yeah, Detective Pikachu lands a number five for me. 800 plus million guaranteed, I think. Well, yeah, I think uh, regardless of what... What would you say... What do you think if you had to, if you had to add one more? Add a number six. What makes the number six spot? Number six. Oh god! I only planned for five. I talk about this prehand. What the fuck, Matt? Trying to throw a fucking curveball at me right now. Damn right. It's not gonna be Aladdin. I think that movie might be bad. Mm. Um. It chapter two is supposed to come out this year. That's exactly what I was thinking. Ah, really? My number six would be It Chapter 2. I still okay. need to see It Chapter 1, but I think It Chapter 2 is going to be a solid film. 
Ooh, the Lego Movie Two. Did that one do? It's already come out. Um, that's oh, it actually, did come out. It's yeah. doing a bunch. It's actually fucking killing the box office. You could talk, check what it is at right now. Okay. I think my number six would be Toy Story 4. Toy Story 4? Yeah. Stick it with the kid movies. It's probably a solid bet. Anyone can go see it. Butts yep. and seats. I'm not very excited for that one, personally. That might just yeah. be... Same, same here. I, I feel like they ended three. I don't see why they had to prolong it. Because but, of that money train. So I know. I know. I know. Get that cheddar. Oh, that cheese. You can make cheese, a moment man. out of it. Make a fucking planet. Um, yeah, so that is our box office predictions for 2019. I think it's going to be a great year regardless of, uh, regardless of what our lists say, but I'm excited for Avengers. I'm excited for Lion King. Fucking Detective Pikachu is knocking, knocking it out of the park. I'm going to go see a bunch of movies this year. God damn it, Hollywood, you're taking my goddamn hard-earned cash, but, uh, for a good reason. So, yeah, I believe that is the end of our segment for movies and TV shows. There is one other thing I would like to add. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, if you're listening to this episode, after this episode, we will be producing, sending out our podcasts from now on. The other two were kind of, um, how would you put it, Stephen? They're preliminary episodes, kind of just to fill a fill a block, production quality and all that. Um, but now we're going to be continuing on with the rest of our episodes that we come out, and they're going to be trying. We're going to try and send them out on a, a fairly regular basis. If you would like to, uh, please give us a follow at NYE Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we will try to keep posts up there and we'll be letting you know when we're going to be posting our podcast, when we're coming up with stuff. And we would also love for you guys to reach us, read out, reach out, reach out to us. Fucking hell. Reach out to us on social media through either Instagram or more likely Twitter and ask us questions. Uh, we will go through fan submitted questions. We'll probably create a specific post for that each time we're going to be producing. Slide into our DMs. Yeah, slide right in. Oh. Um, okay. And uh, you know, feel free to comment on whatever the fuck you think is going to happen on Kill Your Babies. What do you think? Uh, what would you like us to talk more about? What would? What do you think needs to be talked about in the week? Tag us on anything. Um, no porn, please. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, um, I just wanted to add very, very briefly that uh, we're still debating on the format regarding the fan questions. But we also I, I would also like to sort of extend sort of like a um, not only submit questions, but submit topic points, sort of like, you know, like what is the state of Battle Royale or like where do you think the game industry is going to go from here? Like, you know, something for us to really think about and then we can, you know, cultivate a a healthy discussion regarding the topics that you, you want us to discuss. It's, uh, I, I think that would really benefit uh, us as content creators to really sort of tackle the hypotheticals. It's something that I like to do a lot. Um, so 
besides just simple questions of like, you know, oh, what do we think of this TV show or video game or movie? Uh, you know, go go hard when it comes to like the the big topics that you might not see other podcasts really discuss. I think it would be interesting to ruminate on those types of uh, discussions. Hell yeah. No, couldn't have said it better myself, especially because I seem to stumble over my words a lot tonight. But yeah, uh, thank you so much. Um, and we look forward to reading your comments, questions, and all that great stuff. So thank you for joining us for Nerd Your Enthusiasm, episode three. And we will be speaking with you very soon. All right. All right take, take care, everyone. Hey, have a good one. Stay warm out there. Winter is coming. All right. Oh, God. Bye. <laughs> Craig, leave. <laughs>